Hello fellow cinephiles and welcome to another episode of One More Take where we discuss all things movies over a nice glass of beer, wine, or a nice cocktail. Your choice. My name is Demi and I'm joined again by Jasmine and Jordana. Hi ladies. How's it going? What are we drinking? I am actually drinking iced coffee. Just regular normal no cocktail today. Iced coffee. But one of my favorite drinks in general. Coffee. Coffee is delicious. It is. What about you, Jasmine? Uh, Today I'm having sparkling water. Thanks to Whole Foods. Not a special brand, just Whole Foods. <laughs> yes, shout out. All right, I'm um, I'm doing my tea with bourbon again. Ooh. I just I just find it comforting. Yeah, in August. You yeah, know. very guys. I'm all about the uh, com- comfort things yeah. this year. <laughs> a little hot hot toddy. <laughs> all right. So now we're, yeah. now on to the quick take. Since we last spoke, this is what's happened in the movie world. I'm actually really excited about this news. So we're hearing this is all kind of rumors and stuff, but um, from a Deadline article, Ridley Scott um, is in talks to his follow-up film to like hit the film he's shooting now, The Last Duel, is going to be um, a film called Gucci about Patricia Rigani, Rigani, the ex-wife of Mauricio Gucci, who was tried and convicted of orchestrating his assassination on the steps of his office. And oh, the cast, yeah, the cast is insane, though. Like, Lady Gaga attached herself um, to star as the lead. They're, we're hearing Adam Driver, Jared Leto, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Like, obviously, it's not nothing is official yet, I think, except for Lady Gaga and Ridley Scott um those are like the two names attached but what do you guys think I'm really just hearing that little portion of the plot and like hearing that lady this is the first movie she is most likely gonna do since the star is born I'm really excited it's how it has potential I love it when they ha- when like these movies gather like an ensemble cast because it makes it mm-hmm. just like so exciting um I- yeah. I'm excited to see like you know what Lady Gaga does with this role just because like yeah. a star is born was more in line with like you know her experience as like a pop star and like yeah uh, it'd be good for her to like just kind of like venture out and like really establish herself as like guys I'm an actress too so yeah, yeah. I'm quite excited yeah it'll be fun to see her range because we did I think she did great in a star is born and mm-hmm. I want to see if she can do you know something else i mean maybe that will be easier for her star is born because it's kind of she can relate to it very easily so it'll be interesting if she can do a character that's you know not as close to yeah who she is you know totally i will say she did do um american horror story she won golden globe for and remember that that um that part where she won and Leo, she like came behind Leo. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I mean, she definitely. Yeah, it'll be because obviously we mostly know her as a singer. Um, it'll be interesting the project she picks. Also, just side note, you know the like the costume design for this is going to be insane. Yep. Just because <laughs> it's a design. It's like about a, a, a design, you know, house and like the family behind it so i think that also like adds an element that it takes place you know in 1995 like all of the 
so a bit more, you know, a few decades ago. Um, I think, yeah, it's super exciting. Ooh, that's a good point that you brought up about the fashion. That'll be yeah. really and cool. her too, because she is just such a she's interested in fashion. She has like over the top style sometimes. Sometimes it's really subdued. Like she knows how to use fashion kind of in her in her like music and as an expression. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that will be great. The biggest bit of news for me uh, will be the DC fandom event that's happening. Woo-woo. I don't know. I don't know when this episode will be going out with me in it, but mm-hmm. I will need my rest so I can prepare for this <laughs> event because it just seems to be quite an experience that I'm going to be having at this event. Uh, yeah. So it's coming out. Um, it's happening on August 22nd and it's going to be for 24 hours. They're oh, going to wow. have, yeah, 24 hours. Yeah. Intense. <laughs> I mean, it's the way that they're doing, which is smart, is they're going to have a set amount of panels for each kind of section. I think there's about, well, I was only focused on what I was interested in, but there's like 10 or so in each section. And they'll replay them. They'll have an encore two times. And that's what fits in the 24 hours. So if you want to make your schedule and attend these events, you can kind of play around with that. And you have the 24 hours to play to kind of fit everything in that you want to. Plus, you know, they're dealing with people in different time zones. So it makes sense for them to have it last this long. But... I mean, there's so many rumors and so many potential teasers that we're going to be getting from this. So this is just really cool to me. You know, obviously, I I had no clue this was even happening. Um, And then once I read, you know, read a little bit about it, it's just really cool how they're doing this and trying to engage fans right now. I just think it's a great idea. Yeah. And I think they've also done a good job of, like, engaging, like, like non well not non yes. fans but like I, yeah. I'm not like as into Fair it weather. but like it's caught my attention I've like kept up with a few things like I saw that they released like the new The Batman logo for Robert Pattinson's film wow. um, I also saw that they announced that Ben Affleck is gonna be in the Flash movie as well playing a version of Batman which yeah. you know throw back to an earlier episode how Michael Keaton was announced to be playing Batman in the Flash as well so like I don't know, they like they're, you know, dropping all these like breadcrumbs in the lead up to the event and I'm like, it's it's getting my attention at least. Yeah. And I'm not like the biggest DC fan. So I think, yeah, no, it's, it's to your point, Jordan, I think it's cool like what they're doing. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think it's this is fun. I feel like this is the first time, maybe since Wonder Woman, where you're like, it feels as if they're kind of on the same level of excitement as Marvel. I feel yes. like DC because Marvel had essentially like a 10 year head. They had such a head start with the MCU and like even de- like just developing it. DC has always had to play catch up, catch up, even though it has, you know, it has Batman. It has like these great franchises, but it wasn't interconnected the same way Marvel was, where you have to see all the movies. Like they didn't develop that until much later um but i think now yeah it's definitely bringing the same level of excitement right now so that's that's great because yeah 
I was always like, DC's got to catch up, like. Yeah, and like DC somehow. has like the big, the big names. They have Batman, they, they have Superman, the Superman. ones that like, like majority. I would say I would go as far Most to say is like everyone knows. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah. it's yeah. so true. You're right. And it no, was just so true. a little sad that like they didn't. Well. I guess Marvel introduced the fact that we could have this like long-term plan and like yeah. have things start from the ground up and build and build. So like yeah. having that versus like what was happening at DC it was kind of a little sad. So it's <laughs> yeah. So it's very like, exciting that they're kind of Yeah. You know. I mean, think about the Justice League film versus like the Avengers, like it's just not even a comparison. Oh, but so, that's that's one of the uh, little yeah. teasers that we might get. We yes. might get the Snyder cut. Yes, yes. You saw. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, stuff to look forward to. The Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. Snyder cut. The Snyder cut. We'll get like maybe more information on the Batman with okay. Robert. The Batman. I mean, we have like the artwork that came out, the logo, as you said, yeah. Melissa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And we might get like a little teaser of the I've... Flash movie. Oh, and they're also totally. gonna have like a panel for like the Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of exciting stuff. Are there gonna be like a lot of like? I'm assuming that like you know Gal Gadot and like some of like the bigger names are gonna make an appearance. Yeah, I think they recently just got Margot to oh, nice. do a panel. No, I mean a lot of even though it is. Um still in the time of COVID there is still some exciting entertainment news stuff that you could engage in like in your you know when we're all at home so I'm like I'm grateful for that and I find even though I'm not a big comic book person the concept of this is exciting so and it's really cool seeing how like kind of innovative and like going about entertaining audiences in a different way how they're coming up with ways to do that it's it's really cool and it's nice and it's you know i mean it's for their benefit but it's also for our benefit as well so all right jasmine i guess we will see you for our next episode which will be a bonus episode on the dc fandom event woo woo Yes, I'm super excited about that. Unfortunately, I won't be in this episode, but I did see the notes and it looks super exciting. All right, let's get to it. Before we delve into our discussion, let's give a warm welcome to my sister, Anna Karen. And rejoining us this episode is Sean. Hey guys, how are you doing? What are we drinking tonight? Right now I am drinking water. Oh, refreshing. Yeah, I gotta stay hydrated. Yes, hydration <laughs> in the summertime is very important. Especially uh, here. I concur. In the, in the Atlantic uh, area. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sean? I'm drinking an Irish coffee. Oh, oh. also so, uh, very nice. Because I want to be hyper when I'm feeling lit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit redundant. It's, it's podcast evening. So, <laughs> performance. It's about performance. And it's hydrating. I'm caffeinating. It's, it's, all, it's all about delivering peak performance to one more take. 
Do one more take. <laughs> gotta, gotta get in all those hot takes. <laughs> all right, guys. So in this episode, we are assessing whose star power has risen the most since 2010, but with our own fun twist. So basically, we are envisioning actors and actresses as a quote-unquote stock you can invest in. So we will each have a pick of an actor or an actress whose quote-unquote stock has paid dividends over the course of the 2010s decade, a.k.a. they had a great decade, or whose stock has plummeted by the end of the decade, as in they were in a worse position from when they were at the beginning of the decade. And later on, we'll be making predictions for whose stock you should invest in for the 2020s. So, Sean, why don't we start with you? Where was your pick of an actor or an actress, a.k.a. your stock in 2010? Where were they by the end of the decade in 2019? And were they either a worthy investment or a bad one, in your opinion? Right. So, uh, the stock I have, um, and, I, and I'm proud to say that I bought it early, um, is Mahershala Ali. Uh, at the beginning of the decade, he was more of like a Macy's stock, and now he's pretty much Apple. Um, so, <laughs> nice analogy. So, uh, so you, he had a recognizable face. We had seen him in a, in a few things, mostly on TV, but he had a, a few bit roles in movies in the uh, first uh, 2000s decade. Um, he was in Benjamin Button, and he had a very minor role in Place Beyond the Pines. Uh, but I, I really first really got familiar with him in House of Cards, and, and I found him, and as many people did, I found him immediately uh, magnetic uh, as the, you know, the slick lobbyist playing all sides, um, kind of going head-to-head with, uh, at the time, Frank Underwood, Kevin Spacey, big name at the time. Um, boy, it's been a long decade. Um, <laughs> and when you look at his trajectory... And, you know, granted, he started maybe a little bit later in the decades, uh, 2013, 2014. Uh, it, it, it's uh, been a, a fairly precipitous growth uh, for my stock here. Um, he's gone from pretty much a TV actor who broke through still on a TV show. House of Cards was, I guess, the first one of the first uh, shows designed for streaming. But he was still a TV actor in uh, 2014, uh, 2013. And then... Um, you know, he propped up in Hunger Games. He had a, a minor role there as Boggs. Uh, people liked him there. As I mentioned, the place beyond the pines. But where this, you know, where the iPhone that is Mahershala Ali in the uh, Apple analogy um, was his role as Juan in Moonlight, which I think we all remember. Uh, very powerful performance. I think one of the, besides one of the best performances of the decade, one of the best scenes, uh, movie scenes I've ever seen was when he had to yeah. explain to Chiron what a gay slur meant. Um, and obviously he won the best supporting actor for that role. So after he played Juan in Moonlight and, and won his first uh, you know, best supporting actor, he took on a few uh, interesting projects like the Free State of Jones. He was in that uh, Luke Cage series. And uh, I think we all remember um, Green Book from a few years ago where putting the problems with the movie and its background and its uh, writing aside uh there's really no question marks about his performance um uh it, it was very worthy of the best supporting actor this year and and i think it's hard to look at a decade where you start off um not being a not even a household name but um even in hollywood just being a quote-unquote tv actor which is a second it's considered a second tier of actor even even in today's world where, you know, Netflix and uh, streaming shows are, are so prevalent. Uh, he was a TV actor. Fast forward to today. He's, uh, I don't want to say he's box office, but he has two Oscars in his cabinet. 
Uh, he's shown courage to take on interesting projects and uh, show his range. Uh, he was also in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I know uh, I personally loved, even if it was a half hour too long. But uh, <laughs> he, I think what sets him apart from a lot of other uh, actors that I've liked over the past 10 years is really his range. He can play uh, someone really slick and charismatic like Remy Denton, and he could also play Juan in Moonlight, who besides uh, having great empathy and compassion is also his own troubled, I mean, his, his own troubled uh, mm-hmm. person and flawed morally. And obviously Don Shirley in Green Book was a fairly complex character, even given the mm-hmm. right, the, given who wrote the uh, movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's my, that's my, that's the stock that I bought back in 2013. I'm, I'm not selling it. I'm, I'm holding it. Uh, he's <laughs> he's going to be in Blade. And I think as I kind of alluded to, um, in a prior pod, I, I, I look at him as kind of having what I thought Keith Ledger would be uh, like 10 or 12 years ago before uh, Heath uh, passed on, where you, you have this uh, person who kind of knows what he's doing as far as picking his projects, where he's maybe on the side of the movie poster. And I think now Mahershala is ready to be in the middle of the movie poster. So if you told me in 10 years he'd have one or two best actors uh, in his cabinet or maybe a billion dollar movie, I wouldn't be surprised by either. And I'd probably pick both. No, um, no. And when Sean said, you know, maybe he's not like necessarily a household name, I immediately was like, he's one like franchise away, like Blade from becoming like the true like top tier um, like movie star. Exactly. That, yeah. So I think that's really kind of all it will take just that movie. And he'll kind of get to that kind of next and final level. Yeah. Like, superstar uh, level. Mean, I mean, we, we know how to pronounce his name. So, like, that's also, like, once, when, when we learn how to pronounce a hard-to-say that's, name. That's like, actually you know, not true, famous. Jordana, because he shortened, <laughs> he shortened his name. Shortened his name, and, uh, yes. I am not, I I'm not going to disrespect giving a shot to his normal name. But uh, <laughs> also, we should, point, we should point out that he was the first Muslim to win an Academy Award, which is a big deal. He won it twice. Yes. Um, it's one less first in Hollywood, which is always welcome. Um, and, uh, you know, I have no doubt that he'll continue to be kind of like a trailblazer in that sense, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so next is my pick, and my pick is Saoirse Ronan, another difficult name we have learned to pronounce. <laughs> she's on late night shows has had to tell people. But, I mean, she's 26 years old, and so prior to the 2010, she did have a big breakout role. But I feel, and she, you know, in atonement, and she got an Oscar nomination. But I feel like that this happens to a lot of child actors where, you know, they kind of like don't really, a lot just kind of happens in between in the entertainment industry. And they don't kind of get to that next level. And she did. So in the 2010s, she was in. She had a smaller role in Grand Budapest Hotel, the Wes Anderson movie, which those are mostly like ensemble films, I would say. But at the, then she was in Brooklyn, Lady Bird and Little Women, kind of all, you know, within a few years of each other. And she just has such a wide and eclectic collection of these great performances. And I think, you know, part of it is her, like, the last two films, you know, she was nominated for Lady Bird and Little Women were written and directed by Greta Gerwig, who I think really knows how to write interesting roles 
for women and shows women as complex, unique people, you know, and so I think that contributes a lot to Saoirse Ronan, you know, being able to, or being attracted to these roles, right? Because you can tell she's attracted to roles that don't just show one-dimensional women. But I think if you look at where she was um, at the beginning of the decade and where she is now a four-time Oscar nominee, who's probably going to win an Oscar in the next decade. Definitely. If she keeps, if she keeps picking films the way she's picking them, right? And so she has become successful enough, you can tell, where she can be choosy about films. And that's fairly rare at this at that age where she hasn't really had to do too many like romantic comedies which a lot of you know film actresses kind of have to do um for the just commercial value although they are very entertaining films Uh, (laughs) but but yeah I just see her she's just a star she's a great acting talent and at such a young age I'm really excited to see what she's gonna I mean she was supposed to have a movie come out this year with Kate Winslet um about like a it was like a a lesbian love story in the 1840s and that looks very good so we'll see I'm very excited to see what's to come from her I am too and I think also um the fact that she hasn't been in like you know one of these like tentpole like franchise films Mm -hmm. like and she's still like that big like just says a lot like the like the fact that like you said like that she's been able to like avoid like the rom-coms and like the you know popcorn Mm -hmm. flakes like and she's been able to just pick and choose like what she wants to do i yeah yeah and and she was in that one um no she was in um just to talk about kind of franchises she was in a movie based off of a stephanie meyer novel not twilight that did horribly and that I think was kind of as close to, even though that's not a franchise, but um, as close as she ever got to kind of being in a multi-film franchise type movie. Oh, I actually forgot about yeah. the host. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I, didn't, I, ne- I didn't see it, and then you reminded me that Stephanie Meyer wrote it. So, Jordy, I have I have a point. I have a point <laughs> of agreement, and I have a question. So okay. first, uh, yeah. as we're going to talk about uh, in a little bit, we, we both made, everyone made a pick for the uh, a, a yeah. 2020s uh, stock that we're buying. And one of the points I made about my person who I won't reveal is I like actors who, or actresses who kind of yeah. uh, a company, company up with a really gifted uh, filmmaker, like a, like yes. a Leo Marty kind of relationship. And I think her, or a- and I yeah. think her relationship with uh, Greta is, is going to bear fruit on both sides. I think they're a good match for the kind of I films agree. that they uh, Greta likes to write and direct and, and, and Search likes to do. Just yes. because this podcast tends to have an Academy Award bent. Is mm-hmm. Saoirse Ronan the Irish Amy Adams? <laughs> I, think, I think I could totally see an argument for that. I really, because... I mean, Amy Adams is another person who you could definitely have in this category um, of like, but she's supremely talented too. I I think that's a very good kind of um, comparison for sure. In terms of acting talent, even, I would love to see them in a movie together. And I also think that one of the, again, just going off the Academy bench, and and in no way is an Academy Award the 
greatness. Uh, uh, um, but just yeah. for the purposes of like whether she will ever win like an yeah, Oscar, win. I know she has a Golden Globe. Um, she and Amy actually both they are fairly normal people, which is how they come off. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean that in the same way I meant the Tom, uh, my Tom Hanks 30-minute uh, love letter from about a month ago, <laughs> uh, which, which doesn't always provide yeah. the Academy like a great reason to give an award when they tend to look at people that go way outside of like the, the margins of normal conduct and like a performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, she's nevertheless compelling. I just do wonder if, if we're going to look at, if in 10 years we're going to, still wonder why she doesn't have an academy award why she has eight more nominations but no wins why yeah uh, she'll be like glenn close who has who is approaching so sad like the most nominations i I, I actually don't think amy adams is that far behind her (laughs) no i don't think amy is no i think i think not but no i agree i think with sersha it could totally i think the one thing unfortunately that sersha has her irish accent she well, th- no, no, her her age, her age. I, yeah, she, I agree. She was much younger when she started getting nominated and started getting these roles. And Amy Adams had a breakout role for Junebug, fairly young, but still, like, she has just worked so consistently and been such an outstanding actor for her to not have a win. Um, she's going to get one of those, you know, like, not for this movie, but just like your... Like, you know, you, you get the Oscar now because it's your time kind of win I see for Amy Adams. So for Saoirse, I could, I could see her just keep getting nominated. But I think because she has four Academy Award nominations already, um, at, they'll at, at give it to point, her sooner. At some point, she'll get the yeah. Lifetime Achievement Oscar. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Just because of age, honestly, because she's been in the conversation that long already. Oh, I was actually... Um... Oh, I read an article a while ago where they were comparing Saoirse to Meryl Streep, where they think that she's going to oh. follow her trajectory, where she's, you know, it's going to get dominated a bunch, but she's also going to, like, win a few. But few. we'll see. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the ultimate, I think, female actress actress trajectory, right? Because you're still getting good roles at an older age. She's one of the few Yeah, at this point. I agree. But that was a very, those are very good questions, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Anna, over to you. Who's your pick? Well, my pick um, is Timothy Chalamet. And it's kind of funny because he makes a lot of movies with Saoirse as well as Greta. Yeah. So Timothy started with Homeland in 2012. And he worked with Christopher Nolan Interstellar. But he definitely starts to get attention when he did Call Me By Your Name. And he got nominated for his first Oscar and Golden Globe. And he's been doing a lot of indies since then with Hot Summer Nights. But he starts to get more attention with Lady Bird when he started working with Greta and Saoirse. And then he did Beautiful Boy. And he finally had his first breakout role with The King with Netflix, where he was the main character, even though that didn't do as well. He did also have Little Woman, and you can see that he's slowly starting to gain a lot of momentum from being that it actor at the young age that he is, where he's only 24. He also seems to be working a lot with Greta, and like they seem to always be making amazing movies together. And he kind of reminds me of 
that actor that a lot of people fan over and just keep talking about over and over again and how amazing he is as a person and just as an actor as well. So I definitely see him continuing to build off the momentum he's having with Dune coming out in 2020. And that's kind of like being his first big role, like the action movie, maybe turning into mm-hmm. a franchise. And he's also going to be in the French Dispatch as well. Which I think Search is going to be. Yes, in. she is. They're still continuing <laughs> to do movies together. So. That's a Wes Anderson. Yes, yeah, so he's working with really amazing directors. So I just think he's going to continue to be building off the career he's having because he just keeps having back-to-back movies where everybody just keeps talking about him and how good of an actor mm-hmm. he is. I do wonder awesome. whether his uh, ascendancy, I guess, to like the main, uh, like like the mm-hmm. main central character, might be affected just a little bit by uh, COVID because Dune, yeah, because Dune, because yeah. Dune, whenever it is released, will be released at a time, uh, and this goes for any movie going out over the next twelve to eighteen months, where it's going to be a saturated market. So Dune may dominate mm-hmm. the conversation for a weekend, but then there'll be a tentpole title coming out four days later if it's around Christmas or a week later if it's uh-huh. the summer um, and that concern goes to like any um, you know I know that they're trying to shift the 007 franchise uh, over to a new character you wonder if that might get mm-hmm. you know, that's just like another example yeah. like all, all, exactly. all these big um, you know for Timothy going to like the, you know as I talked about the middle of the poster role um, I just wonder how much of that will kind of just be lost because we're just going to be, it's just going to be so busy uh, once things are rolling again. Yeah, we're going to be over inundated by all of the new movies coming out, theoretically coming out or in theaters that like you can't even possibly go see them all. But yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I have faith in him. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I get what you're saying, Sean. Like, I agree with your point to a certain extent, but at the same time, I I think you can't underestimate his talent. Oh, it's not. Like, it's not a commentary on his talent. It's just a no. Com- well, yeah. well, well, no. Hold on. Not just his talent, but just his magnetism. Like, like the fact that just off of "Call Me by Your Name," he like built this like huge fan base. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't think you can discount that. I think. Um, yeah. oh. No, go ahead. No, I'm going to say with Dune, the only way I would see, like, maybe it wouldn't do as well is because I know with Dennis, with Blade Runner, he did, it was Mm -hmm. a really good movie, but he didn't do, it didn't do as well due to marketing, Mm -hmm. the lack of marketing that happened. So I just feel like with Dune, if Dennis learns his lesson from the past and he does well with marketing and just also with Timothy being in it as well as Zendaya and like the whole other actors that are in it and actresses I think could be one of those movies that really catches people's attention when the movie theaters finally open up the only other movie yeah. that I think maybe might give it competition is Tenant, depending on when it's released as well but I have faith with Doom I believe no. I believe one yeah. I believe one more take is obligated to mention tenant on every podcast. So good job, exactly. Anna. Good job. <laughs> yes. We're, we're, good we're job good. getting that in we're there. Good. Cut, getting that cut, in there. We're, we're done. Good night. Because <laughs> that's just You're, like one episode of the is done. That I know I myself besides Dune that I've been mainly researching and like figuring out like when is going to be released. So that's my only thing. I, 
Because I yes. haven't really heard any other like big name films it's, coming yeah, out. I, I mean, yeah, I think in terms of like, well, I don't want to say like original IP, I guess, but like Dune's mm-hmm. based on a book, but like Tenet Books. and Dune, like there's a lot of excitement for mm-hmm. it. Like, yeah. In the, in the Twitters and the internet. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I mean, Dune also, it just has, there is a following yeah. from the book. It's a huge following. Apparently is. Um, I didn't know that, actually, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's been made into, like, movies and TV movies over and over again. But I'm actually, I'm excited because I love the director as well. And Timothy is, he's a very talented actor. He is, with a, with a rabid fan base. With, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my turn. So my pick is actually Jennifer Lawrence. Um, so in 2010, she kicks off the decade starring in the Oscar-nominated film Winter's Bone, for which she's also nominated for Best Actress, her first Oscar. Um, before this role, she wasn't known for much. She was a relative newcomer, but this is like her breakthrough role. Then things start to speed up in 2011. So she's in X-Men First Class, along with James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. And she's also casted in the role of Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games franchise, which is like a very big moment for her. Yeah. Yes. I was invested in the J-Law stock at this point. I was just like, this girl (laughs) is going to go far. I'm all in. So she goes on to own 2012 with the release of, you know, the first Hunger Games. She's also in Silver Linings Playbook with Bradley Cooper, which earned her her second Oscar nomination and her first win for Best Actress. Like, she was so young when she won this award. So she's on a roll through 2013, the second Hunger Games, and she's in another David O. Russell film, American Hustle, um, this time with Amy Adams and Christian Bale, which earned her another Oscar nomination in the Best Supporting Role this time around. And then in 2014, she's seen in two major franchises. She's in X-Men Days of Future Past and then The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. No one can stop this J-Law train at this point. It is like full speed, let's go, I'm on this train. But then things start taking a turn towards the end of 2015 and she's in a series of underperforming and for lack of a better term, crappy movies (laughs) over Mm -hmm. the second half of the decade. And I would say it starts with joy. And then, mm. and then she's then she's in X Men Apocalypse. Then she's in Passengers with, with Chris Pratt, who I have to give a shout out because dude had an amazing 2010s. Yeah. Um, then she's in Mother, which is a movie I'd rather forget that I ever saw. <laughs> Look terrible. Was that the yeah, scary was, one? Uh, it was the bad one. You couldn't tell what it was from the trailer. It was like one of those. Uh, you couldn't it, tell what it was watching the full I, movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was scary. It was it was something. Um, then she's in Red Sparrow and finally X-Men Dark Phoenix, which was released mm-hmm. in 2019. Wow. I'm sorry, guys, but that's, that's a bad streak right there. Yeah, it is. So for someone who kicked ass in the first half of the decade, she sure lost her footing towards the end of it. Um, and I think her 2010s is an in- interesting juxtaposition with another Oscar darling, Brie Larson, because, you know, as I think uh, J-Law's career is taking a turn, like Brie Larson is ascending in 2015. You know, she mm-hmm. wins her first Oscar for her breakout role in Room, actually beating out J-Law that year. And so as you have Brie Larson, who's ascending, J-Law is kind of headed towards a steep decline. Sorry, mm-hmm. guys. So in 2019, the end of 2019, you have Brie Larson, who's known worldwide as Captain Marvel, 
and J-Law's store has just diminished a bit. Like, so my assessment is if you bought into the J-Law stock, like, you know, I did at the beginning of 2011 or 2010, mm-hmm. you know, you were out the money as people in finance would say. Yeah. Um, but if you bought into the Brie Larson stock, you, you're definitely in the money. Um, but here's hoping for a better 2020 for J-Law. She has a few projects in the pipeline, um, according to IMDb. So let's see if she can, like, you know, bring the ship back around. Let's see. Let's see. I know. It's like I, I'm rooting for her. Yeah. Because she is wonderful. But, yeah, like, I remember I saw Joy and I was just... It just, you know, I found it underwhelming and a bit strange the way it was written. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of the yeah of the decline for me when, of the movies I when saw. Can, here. can I can I can I buzz in to passionately disagree? Okay. So sure. her performance. So we're talking about uh, I think maybe the better way to, to couch mm-hmm. J Law is that her stock may have plateaued because if you look at where she was in two thousand on That's December thirty first, two thousand nine where Winter's Bone had yet to come out yet. And then you yes. uh, rewind eight months to the end of last decade. During that time, she headlined a major franchise, The Hunger Games. She played in X-Men, which this iteration of X-Men I found underwhelming, but nevertheless made a lot of money. At least two of the movies are worthy of rewatching. That That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, uh, she, during this last decade, she won an Oscar. She was nominated for four Oscars. She won three Golden Globes. She was nominated for four Golden Globes. So, she, you know, pretty good winning percentage there. She won a BAFTA. Um, it's hard to look at that. And, you know, again, looking where she was in 2010, she was fairly not that well known to uh, an Oscar winner, three-time Golden Globe winner, one of the biggest stars on the planet, granted the last five years. Um, her project quality may have plateaued, but that happens if i if i just look at the 10 year i didn't know who she was 10 years ago and she's one of the biggest uh stars on the planet and she has a trophy cabinet uh, i mean she's kind of been there she she, she won her oscar yeah. once you win your oscar you could get a little bit more frisky with what you pick yeah so i, I think it, you can relax it, defi- it. <laughs> it definitely plateaued four years ago and it hasn't been a great you know four years for j-law the world or this country but beyond that um you know i think on the balance uh, it was a pretty strong decade i don't love david o russell but again just looking at it objectively the franchise that she was in the re- uh the reviews mm-hmm. that she got the awards that she's won um you know she had a better 2010s than i did and i had a br- pretty good 2010s <laughs> <laughs> let me let me cut in there because it's it's not even just the roles that she was picking it's the fact that like even with just how much star power she had she wasn't drawing people to the movie theaters to see her movies and then and then you know separate and apart from the roles that she was picking um she was getting a lot of criticism like the she i think at one point said that she had to like quietly like just like go into hiding because like people were like you know really picking on her like she from where she was like during like the early 2010s where she was like very beloved people were starting to find her really annoying towards the end of the decade oh, maybe that- not, i mean not personally me but i I, I just I'm I'm not saying that her like, you know, stock is like all the way at the bottom of the ocean. I don't know if I entirely agree that it's like plateaued, but it's definitely from where, you know, she was at the beginning of the decade, like to where she was. It's like it's uh maybe I don't know, well it's forget <laughs> I mean look, she dated Darren Aronofsky for two years. It took me two years to recover from watching Requiem for a Dream. So look, maybe <laughs> 
maybe we all need to be a little bit more forgiving. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I just look at her It's really hard to argue with her career at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, again, don't love the project she's done the last five years. And I know uh, it, it's really, it's just hard to argue for the, the, the first half of the 2010s. Uh, I mean, the, the second half of the 2010s versus the first half. Um, she, was on, she was on an incredible five-year run. Uh, in the first half, but uh, it's hard to like look at that decade as a uh, Latin it, that it, it, she didn't perform. Um, the trophy cabinet, the box office indicates that she did. So that's well, I thought. think I think no, I think Sean. Like no, I agree with all of that. It's just it's it's surprising that because she had that great five year run, then like just seeing where she ends up in 2019, I think it's just it's very surprising because you would have thought that she would have, you know kept that train going but you know she didn't and, so. she, and she's also a good example of how hard it is uh it's very it, it's very yeah. hard yes. to consistently yes. pick good projects because i mean you hear uh interviews with uh like actors and directors all the time when they talk about the i remember this one great interview with matt damon where they talked about the martian and they talked about like we bought a zoo and he he <laughs> believed equally in both projects for different reasons and it mm-hmm. just didn't one of them one like of them a, worked out great. Yeah. The other one just, just uh, you know, flatlined. And, and it's really hard. And she had a really good five years. Hopefully she has a, you know, she picks it up this decade where she left it off in 2015. But, um, you know, I, I would sign up for her decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anna, any thoughts? No, I mean, I, I agree with everything that's being said. I just feel she falls in one of those things where you can just have a good momentum and out of nowhere. It just goes down. Yeah. Longevity is very hard. But yes. you never really know yes. with actors, with, with a Hollywood. Who can I mean, have, yeah, who can have a comeback or not kind of thing. Yeah. Well, guys, these are all excellent choices. Now, for the 2020s, whose stock do we think will rise the most in the next decade? Anna, what are your thoughts? I'm torn, but I think I'm going to go with... Robert Pattinson just because he's making a comeback with his acting career the fact that with Twilight how everyone just made fun of that saga and the movies and the books and all that and now he's in movies such as The Lighthouse with William Dafoe he's going to star in Tenet oh look Sean I mentioned Tenet again Again. (laughs) so he's going to be starring in Tenet as well Whenever that's going to come out, he's also going to be in a Netflix movie, The Devil All the Time with Tom Holland. And then he's going to be the Batman. And I think he's someone that we should definitely be looking out for. Just how much he's turned his career around. I think he's someone that towards the end of 2020, going into 2021, his career mm-hmm. is definitely going to be different compared to how he started off. Yeah. And Timothy also, because I love Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's a great pick, honestly. I think his movie choices now are very interesting and are setting him up yeah. for not only big commercial success, but to show his, you know, his acting ability, which I think a lot of people uh, wrote him off after Twilight. Yeah. Which, yeah, and I think, I mean, after Twilight, like, he apparently, like, picked really good roles that, like, demonstrated just, like, his range. He didn't um, like Twilight I've... at all. Like, he was very verbal yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I'd be interested to, like, just go back and watch some of these films that he, like, 
you know, was praised for. Like, uh, Good Times on Netflix, apparently he's really good in. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to see The Lighthouse. Um, I'm still trying to get on board with the him being the Batman, just because... Christian Bale is my Batman, so... Yeah. When, <laughs> when I first heard that, I was like, ooh, why? But that's my, my Twilight judgmental mind. Well, exactly. I mean, playing. I feel the same way, too, but what gives me hope is because Matt Reeves is directing it, and I love what he did with Planet of the Apes. Because I remember yeah. with Planet of the Apes when they first was talking about the reboot, I was really not interested in it, and then the mm-hmm. trilogy he made with Caesar was really, really amazing. So I think with the right director. Yeah, it can work. It can work. So I ha- I'm a, I'm a DC lover, so I always have hope for them. <laughs> to catch up to Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> like, just to get it together and, and whatever they're trying start. to do. I don't know what it is, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Uh, does anybody else have any predictions, Sean? Uh, yeah, I have a contrarian, a, a little contrarian <laughs> prediction. Um, so I think the easy answer here when I'm thinking of just about uh, mm-hmm. actors is uh, like an example of John David Washington. I think it's on the verge of skyrocketing through the 2020s. But instead, I'm going to go a different direction. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with a stock that maybe plateaued a little bit in the mid 2000s, a la Jennifer Lawrence. But this was for different reasons. So I'm going to pick Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, JGL. Uh, so he's taken most of the last five years off to concentrate on his family, but uh, he's back now. He has Project Power that came out on Netflix. He has the Trial of the Chicago Seven, which is the latest Aaron Sorkin movie uh, coming out around the holidays or whenever the, the postponed date will be. Uh, if we look at what he did from about 2007 to 2015, it's filled with uh, really interesting projects from Brick to The Lookout to what you know the bigger projects that we know about like Looper, The Dark Knight Rises, Inception, stuff like that. But uh, JGL to me has always been uh, someone who's uh, an astute project picker, uh, and like mm-hmm. we talked about with Jennifer Lawrence, he uh, has latched himself uh, onto Ryan Johnson, and I'm very bullish on Ryan Johnson. I'm one of <laughs> I'm one of I'm one of the few people that loves The Last Jedi and thinks it was the uh, best. Uh, Star Wars of that last trilogy that Disney did. I just think Ryan Johnson between Knives Out, Brick, Looper, he's a phenomenal filmmaker. He meshes well with JGL. And uh, that's like a package deal that I'm very bullish about over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, you mentioning Knives Out reminds me that I feel like Ana de Armas is someone to look out for yes. in the 2020s. Yeah. She, well, especially because she's going to be in the next uh, Bond movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she is. So, no, I, I thought she should have been nominated. for She was my, her performance in Knives Out. Was really good. Was yeah. amazing. Yeah. she was, I mean, the whole movie, we all, I think, enjoy. But, yeah, I thought she was definitely, it was a great breakout role for her. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, well, just one person I'm excited to see what they do is Aquafina. Oh, nice. I love her. Nice show. Thing. And, yes. And um, I like. I love, like, she obviously, she, you know, she had a few, she was in Crazy Rich Asians and Ocean's 8, and then she got her own show on Comedy Central, so I think that will allow her to maybe, like, star in a movie. Oh, she was in the Jumanji um, sequel, I believe, as well. Which but one? Yeah, she was. The uh, Next Level. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that one yet. But I, I haven't seen it. I just knew she was in it. But I'm excited to see what she will do. 
and like what the next decade has for her. I think, yeah, I think her stock's going to continue to go up. Oh, uh, those are all good picks. Now, I know this one's harder to predict, but whose stock do we think is already on the decline? Like, who do we think is not going to have like yeah. as great of a decade going forward? Yeah. Um, so this one is actually one I, I thought I was thinking about, but Ansel Englor. Oh, I mean, yeah. I feel like he kind of broke out. And then after Baby Driver, though, it was it, he's had a lot of like, you know, like movies that have not done well. Um, it, it will be interesting because he's going to be in West Side Story, the Steven Spielberg film to see. So, I mean, that could it could go either way. Right. Yeah. That's such a difficult thing, I think, to remake. Um, but it, it, it could be great. It could be great. So, but I think he is someone that needs, he needs a big success. And if it doesn't go well, uh, it won't be good. <laughs> I, I, he'll have to really like claw his way back. Yeah. I, I think that, like. that's a good point. I didn't think about that, but yeah. Um, and which one we were talking about a few others, Samosa. Or... Uh, so I actually also, I thought of initially of Alicia Vikander, mm-hmm. just because like, um, towards the end of the 2010s or maybe the middle, she won for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. And I thought, you know, coming out of that, she was going to continue having, like, a strength, a strong 2010s because um, she was, like, casted in the reboot of uh, Tomb Raider and it didn't do so well. And ever since, you know, Tomb Raider was released in 2018, yeah. like, she hasn't been in anything, like, memorable or noteworthy. Yeah. Um, she does have a few projects, like, scheduled for, uh, well... Supposedly 20, scheduled for 2020. In quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. No, she, yeah, she had a monster 2015 with those two movies, right? The Like the Danish girl and... Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs> so she had, she had a monster 2015. Yeah. But, like, yeah, no, I agree that kind of her... Everything that's followed hasn't really... Yeah, done well. And Tomb Raider did not do well. We'll see. She's in a Gloria Steinem biopic where yeah. she plays young Gloria Steinem so yeah she's someone also that it's it's on the decline for sure she needs she needs something she needs, she needs something, something to boost her up yeah, yeah yeah and that's also I kind of feel that way about Lupita Nyong'o like yes she was in Black Panther I didn't do that but, well yeah but um she's someone I really hope I don't want her to not do well I want her to do well but yeah she needs she needs a a good role she needs a to boost. pick well yeah, yeah she needs a little boost yeah. she is also incredibly talented i would like to add shia labeouf to this that's a very good one because i wrote i'm hoping he does well he did have two yeah. movies with honey boy and then yeah. i think the other one was called the peanut butter falcon those two movies he did well in but then Tax Collector came out, and I heard that was really horrible with David yeah. Ayer. So I hope yeah. his career makes some type of comeback. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely someone who's been on the down. For like, a while. For a yeah. while before, like, in 2019, you know, he had two back-to-back indie movies that were you know, fairly well-received. And he was overcoming his mental health issues. But Mm -hmm. he just hasn't found that movie yet to consistently keep. Yeah. He he had a lot of, he was in a lot of franchises or movies that just didn't do well. Like, 
he was, you know, he was in that last Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> he was in the Transformers um, remakes. He was in that Wall Street, remember? Yeah, the, the Wall, Wall Street, Street sequel. And then I he liked did it. Eagle Eye. He liked it. <laughs> Greed is still good. So he is someone that has been definitely on the downturn. We're rooting for you, Shia. We're all rooting yeah, for we you. Yeah, we are. We all know how talented yeah. you are. So. We, we saw it in Even Stevens, guys. Yeah. now we turn to our last segment of the show one more take where we share a film we recently watched and whether yay we really liked it or nay it was a waste of our time so sean what did you recently watch Uh, so keeping with my jgl theme from the last segment i recently watched the film uh 7500 or 7500 uh it's streaming on amazon prime uh it's a very small uh, indie movie that was uh, one of uh, JGL's comeback projects. It's uh, the plot synopsis without giving too much away, but in order to provide context for my yay recommendation, it's about a pilot navigating his plane being hijacked. Um, and it's creative because the camera actually never leaves the cockpit. So it's only on the pilots in the cockpit, which includes obviously our star uh, JGL. And uh, one of the reasons I liked it uh, is uh, so often in film, uh, we know more than the character that we're following because we see other scenes where we see how all the characters are kind of moving against each other. So when one of them makes a move, we normally just put our, you know, hands to our forehead and call them an idiot. So I actually really like movies that sometimes take away though that knowledge and uh, puts you as in the most uh, ignorant position that the character's in. So you're limited. So this movie takes solely in place of the cockpit. So all the decisions that, you see uh, JGL and the other pilot make are formed by their lack of knowledge and uh, in a chaotic situation. So I kind of liked it. It reminded me just in that sense of memento where they tell the story backwards. So you have Mm -hmm. the short-term memory loss that Guy Pierce does kind of this thing. Like you only know what he knows based on the very limited ability to gather information that they have. So uh, Mm -hmm. I like that the plot um, may not justify the full 90 minutes. It definitely Maybe it should have been an 80-minute movie, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, it's free to watch. So from that standpoint, it's a yay for me. Uh, oh. If I had to pay to see it in a theater, maybe a different review. But uh, for, <laughs> for, for a quick distraction on a weeknight yeah. for kind of like a little creative project, a movie that costs, I think, $2 million to make, uh, wow. pretty cool. Yeah, I've, I'm, we'll probably check it out. You sold me. All right, Jordana, what, what did you recently So watch? this week, interestingly enough, I watched Winter's Bone, which was Ooh. J-Law's breakout role. Um, and yeah, it was, her performance is amazing. And I think, I do think it is a movie that I might not necessarily revisit a bunch of times because it, it's hard to watch. Um, it's hard to watch people deal with immense poverty, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it, right? So it's it's very bleak. Her performance is wonderful. It's haunting. Um, but it's kind of like a real... Uh, it, it's... I, I mean, they found, I think, the perfect, like, actress for it, for sure. And it's the character. So for those of you who don't know the movie, it's... She, Jennifer Lawrence plays a 17-year-old living in, like, rural Missouri, who their family is destitute and... They're going to lose their house because her dad skipped bonds and um, he bonded the house. So she's trying to find her father and who was um, who made 
who is like a drug manufacturer. And so it kind of tells that story. So I think it was really well done. I think it is a movie everyone should see because this is, you know, a reality that a lot of people have to face. And I think in the movie, too, the way it's written, it doesn't pass judgment on people for, you know, doing what they have to do to survive. And I'm not talking about dealing drugs or anything like that, not that aspect of it. But I think, um, yeah, it's a very moving performance. And yeah, very, it's a very quiet performance, but in the best way possible. So it's a yay for me. Uh, actually, I really want to watch it. I've been meaning to watch it for it's a while. It's on HBO Max. So. Oh, nice. Which I oh. know you guys have. Okay. Yeah, we do. Because <laughs> that's how I watch it. <laughs> Anna, what's your, uh, what's your recent movie that you've watched? My recent movie is actually Honey Boy, the one about ah! Shia LaBeouf. Um, I give it a yay, just if you're really a fan of him. It does give an interesting perspective of what he was going on in life. The led to like, everything that was happening with him with his mental breakdown and I just think it was interesting to see everything that was happening with him and it just made me root for him even yeah. more afterwards so it's a yay for me and it's also on Amazon Prime if anyone has it oh okay I didn't know it was on Amazon yes, Prime I'll watch that too I meant to see yeah. it when it was out and it was a smaller release so I never got to but yeah yeah, that's on my to-watch list as well. So long. So long. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually recently watched Disney's Ralph Breaks the Internet, which is a sequel to the animated success Wreck-It Ralph. Mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed the first one. It was like a fun escape. Um, I'm all about fun escape films because, you know, 2020 yeah. is hard. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was fun and I was expecting just the same of this one. Mm-hmm. And so the first half, like the first hour of the film, I was like really enjoying it. And then it just takes a while to really get to why it's called Ralph Breaks the Internet. Mm-hmm. And so by then, it like the film just lost my interest. Really? Um, the pacing, I feel like, was a big problem, especially with the second half of the film. And story-wise, I just don't think it was like entirely cohesive, especially like, you know, tying the first half of the movie to the second one. It just... It, it, I feel like it was like a bit of a weird transition. Mm-hmm. So I'll say like this was a May for me. I, yeah. It was like somewhere in the middle. Um, I hope the kitties enjoyed it <laughs> at least. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really like the princess scenes. So it's like it was like my dream come true. Just seeing them all together Aww. in one scene like that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. So, cool. well, yeah. Thank you for joining yes. me for another episode of One More Take. Anna, thank you for joining You're us. Welcome. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. You may also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at underscore one more take. Until next time. Bye. 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 Au revoir. <laughs>